This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Bob Motzko named the coach of the Gophers today, replacing uh, Don Lucia. Uh, Keith Ballard is with us. Keith played three years uh, with the Gophers, two national championships, and Bob was an assistant uh, there. Do you applaud this move, sir? I do. You know what? Uh, I think Bob's a great coach. He's uh, he's ran a great program in uh, in St. Cloud, and you know the three years I played for him, it was uh, it was great. Bob's a worker. He's uh, you know, I think he'll be excited about this opportunity. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet, but uh, reached out today, and obviously I know he's very busy. Yeah, he is, and uh, he's uh, – tell me about him a little personality-wise. I know him somewhat, just kind of a a, a straightforward guy, good guy, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, uh, too many of the ins and outs, but, uh, but a smart guy for sure by all accounts. He's smart, he's straightforward, and he's a worker. It, it, a lot of it is what you see is what you get. Bob's not, uh, there's, there's, there's nothing phony about him. Um, you know, he's, he's very respected amongst his peers um, and, and definitely amongst his players and former players. Um, you know, there, the, the, you know there's, there's a reason why he's had so much success with, you know, he's, his approach is the same all the time. You know, he, he demands respect and He's not afraid to work himself, so you know, I, I think Bob's going to be be great here. He uh, he's famous for running that little weak side power play that they get about <laughs> one goal every weekend off of. That's uh, that's kind of his trademark up there. You know he's you know when I was when I had him at uh, at Minnesota, Bob generally worked more with the forwards, and mm-hmm. you know he had uh, Mike Genzel working with the defensemen, so. It was it was less interaction than you you know your position position coach just like in any sport you you work more with but uh, no Bob's got a great offensive uh, offensive mind and an offensive instinct and you know he's had success in St Cloud it was you know obviously with the upset last weekend was was tough for them oh, yeah. um, you look at the international stage with the World Juniors he's had great success there obviously a huge part of two national championships at Minnesota so you know. It's. Uh, I think it's a good day for Gopher hockey, and you know that. That being said, with you know Don Lucia with with his 19 years, and you know it, it was it was amazing playing for Don and playing for Bob and playing for Mike and. You know, all three of those guys are outstanding coaches. Say, so Keith, uh, the uh, uh, Gophers. Uh, the, when you look at Mariucci now, and the the crowds are down, and the, but. But the other thing is the margins in college hockey are so thin right now, it seems to me. Uh, when you guys were really, really good and winning national championships, it certainly wasn't easy when you got to the Final Four, but you could dominate teams to some degree as good as you were. That doesn't happen anymore. Every game's four to three. 
You know, it, it doesn't, and I think a huge part of that is a credit to the other coaches, especially in our state. You know, there's always been the North Dakotas and the Wisconsins and, and, and those teams. But you look in our state, Bemidji's got a great program, and Mankato's got a great program, and St. Cloud's got a great program, and Duluth's got a great program. So when you, when you look around our state, you know, it's kids have a lot of options. And these, all these programs are coached by unbelievable coaches. And it's, it's a dogfight all the time. You uh, you played one year of a juniors, but uh, there was uh, more more high school kids coming in to play too when you first uh, uh, came in, and uh, that's that's not the way it is anymore. Eighty ninety percent of the kids are playing juniors, and some most of them two years. Yeah, and you know the year of juniors I played was my senior in high school, yeah. so it, it 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 is. There's there's more guys that are coming in at twenty years old as freshmen, which. As a college program, you look at that and, you know, you're getting a more finished product than you're getting at 18. You're getting a more physical mature player, a mentally mature player. Um, you know, someone who's obviously had to scrap their way a little bit to get where they're at. You know, if, you know, if they hadn't, they'd probably been in college at, at 18. Uh, Keith Ballard's with us, uh, 10 years in the NHL, but, uh, as roars go, uh, getting that winning, uh, when you're, when you, the Gophers got the winning goal in that 2002 championship in St. Paul, that's as good as it gets, wasn't it? You know what? That's, uh, that's, that's right up there with any hockey memory I have <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching Grant slap home that rebound. That was, uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, that, that building was at the time, that was one of the loudest loudest environments I've ever been in. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. Were you on the ice when he scored? No, I was watching from the bench. Well, they had, that... the, good guy, they had the good guys out there. <laughs> Martin, and, had, Martin had, and Leopold. Martin and Leopold, yes. It is a uh, good coaching. It, yeah, it is amazing <laughs> that uh, the defenseman you got to play with at the U and how many years between you, the three of you put in the NHL. It's incredible. Oh, you know what? It was, I was lucky as a freshman to come in with those two guys to look up to and learn from and and watch, and obviously, you know, the three of us are all really good friends. So, it was for a young guy coming in, a little, little green, and not sure what to expect from the college game. Watching those two, how they do things, it, it was couldn't have gotten better for me. So, Keith, uh, the newest North Star, Jordan Greenway, six six two twenty six forward. What what would a little defenseman like you do with him? <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. These guys keep getting bigger. I know it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. You know, I'm interested. I think they, they play tonight in Nashville. Yes. I, I've heard he's going to play, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch him and see how he does. And you know, obviously, you know, one game in the NHL is a is a, is a very small sample size. But you know, I, I think he brings a different element, and we'll you know, hopefully, you know, for the Wild's sake, where you know he can adjust and uh, you know make a positive impact. So, uh, you got any hockey players yet? You know what? I got a seven-year-old girl who's in the Mike team, a four-year-old boy, and a one-year-old boy. So, (laughs) we're just starting to get into the hockey stuff. (laughs) The four-year-old's just getting started, huh? Yeah, he's uh, the seven-year-old's playing. The four-year-old's been skating quite a bit. The one-year-old's just trying to keep up around the house. It's a uh, it's a full time job. My grandkids moved up here from Florida a couple of years ago, and uh, they're uh, you know hockey is a full time hockey grandparenting and parenting is a full time job, man. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, there's there's not those days and anymore when uh, 
you know, when everyone else, the old, the older people, older generation grew up where you just send your kids down to the park or go away and be back by dinner. How do you like so, this uh, wild team? I like them. You know what? I, the the one thing I like, they're playing well right now at the right time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that being said, they're in a grind right now just to keep their playoff spot. And they, you know, they're getting a little bit of a cushion, but, you know, they're at a time where there's no uh, – you know, there's there's no room for a slip up. I think they got seven or eight games remaining, and you know they they don't have room to uh, to let off the gas here. Boy, that time uh, I'm 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 hoping it's them and Winnipeg in the first round, though. That would be fun, man. Yeah, those Canadians, those Canadians, you know, you know, take over West Seventh. Years of the the Chicago Minnesota games yes. and the rivalry, and you know, every, even even the regular season season games with Winnipeg. You, you know, you look at a November game and. There's Winnipeg fans down here, and there's Wild fans up there, and you know they're they're fun matchups. Uh, Keith, I was talking to Tom Reed uh, for Sunday night over at the X, and he's in favor of a Winnipeg series. I'll tell you that with the bar there, and uh, oh, gosh, absolutely, he is. <laughs> Tom's got a rooting interest for those Canadians coming down. That's true. Well, uh, Bob Motzko is a good hire, and uh, the uh, tradition of Gopher. Uh, Coaches, uh, Don, Don, pretty serious guy, and uh, Motzko is too. But before them, we had some of the great characters of all time, Marouche and Sodmore and Herbie. And uh, um, and the way the Big Ten ends up with three teams in the Frozen Four, I think people should start just showing up and stop complaining about the Big Ten. I agree with you. You know what, everyone's all the Big Ten, the Big Ten. Well, look at the Frozen Four. Yeah. There's three Big Ten teams. And, it's, and I, I understand change takes a little bit of time and, People miss the old North Dakota series, the St. Cloud series, the Duluth series, and that. But you know what? You're you're getting good teams at Mariucci every night. So it's it's one of those things you have to get over and and get back out there because they're they're all good teams. Is the ice still on the Lake of the Woods or not? Oh yeah, a lot <laughs> of ice out there. <laughs> we could go up for spring fishing still at the Lake I of the think Woods. So you know what? I think so. And the rivers. I think there's parts of the river that are opening up a little bit. You're brave enough to try to sneak a boat out there, but no, there's ice out there. I think there's people running snowmobiles and fishing a little bit, but as far as the resort business, that's uh, the uh, the houses are off the ice, and you know it's time to spring projects and redo cabins and all that good stuff. All that stuff you used to get to do in your youth, huh? <laughs> I used to skip out on all that. <laughs> because of hockey, that a very smart uh, yeah. decision. Hey, yeah. Keith, thanks for your time, sir. Pat, thank you very much. All right, Keith Ballard, uh, a great hockey player, great gopher. And as I pointed, as I said, they they had uh, Jordan Leopold in one class, Paul Martin in the next class, and Keith Ballard in the next class <laughs> as their defenseman at the University of Minnesota. Pat, we're still driving on the ice up in my area. <laughs> yeah, there's still trucks out there. Well, I remember when Coles was leading the charge of the, the groups up to go to Ballard's from here. Yeah, and it was April, yeah. right? Basically, yeah. uh, it was it was March, right but now. yeah, yeah, right about now. Yeah, yeah there was uh, over two feet of ice this year. It was a cold one. That's where uh, Lake of the Woods is where my father caught his greatest fish, the one he won contest with. He won multiple Bemidji, contests. Detroit Lakes, <laughs> yeah. Alexandria, one, Wilmer, everyone. Won every, <laughs> every contest between Canada and Iowa <laughs> with the same fish. Same fish as hell in Northern. We'll be back. Yeah. 
And that will close it out. The Memphis Grizzlies, for the first time in 2018, have won a road game, and it comes at the expense of the Timberwolves, who let one get away. What'd you think, Manny? <laughs> you want the full-fledged truth? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm ready for it. Uh, well, if we were on satellite radio, I'd probably <laughs> let out some colorful language. You got the uh, you got the podcast coming up here pretty soon. Ah, uh, yeah, there will be one this week, and we're working on a uh, we're working on a guest. Uh, okay. Uh, a rather substantial guest All right. in Timberwolves history. So okay. we'll, we'll see how it. Uh, we'll anyway, see if we get that shirt up. Uh you watched the first half, and they got out of there 59-59, and you said, oh, okay, they'll, they'll be fine now. They'll mm-hmm. put it away. But uh, they uh, when they let them hang around in the third quarter, all of a sudden Memphis was actually interested. Yeah, it was like, hey, you know, maybe we'll what try to win this We game. might as well try to win the game. But and then in the, in the fourth quarter, I know people were talking about toughness and everything. They got a few stops. They just... Could make a shot. Three for seventeen. Three in for the seventeen quarter. in the fourth eleven quarter. points. That's in the a joke. Quarter. That's that's Michigan State against the Syracuse zone. That's what that was. That was a yeah. full fledged joke. Yeah. In the well, second, in the fourth quarter. And here's you know we all know Carl Anthony Towns is he's incredible. Like he's he's one of the best players in the league. But whenever they play teams that have big physical centers. Mm-hmm. He struggles. Mm-hmm. Mark Gasol has always given him trouble. Well, Mag- Gasol Even took the Grizzlies him out, are bad. Took, Gasol just took him outside the first half and yeah. made made shots. And Towns, I thought the thing that made this a game was Towns's second foul, which was stupid. Yeah, he's Gasol's what eighteen feet from the basket, mm-hmm. and he's out there hacking on him. In the front of all three officials, yeah, and gives them no choice but to call a second foul on him with six minutes to go in the first quarter, and he's got to go to the bench. Yeah, and that changes the entire. Yeah, all of a sudden, Georgie comes game. in, and Gorgie comes in, and he was lost for a first what three trips down the to him. I don't understand. Like he's, I was just texting with uh, Derek James, my podcast buddy, last night, and just like he's regressed, and I don't, I don't understand. Now I, I think Gorgie's a guy that p- tends to play better when he plays more. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is he'll go in, he'll make a couple mistakes, and then Tibbs will yank him. And then, but last night he had to play him. Yes, yeah, he had no choice because Towns got Towns the foul trouble. Then he didn't do anything, but, and then he he basically now a three point shooter. He thinks he's a three point shooter, and he makes yeah. one out and, of four. And and the worst part about it with him too is that that fifteen foot jumper that's been money for him mm-hmm. his whole career. It's that's gone. Since since about early February, he hasn't been able to hit that shot consistently, and you know you got three more years of paying him fifteen plus million a year, so you got to you got to figure out what you're going to do with him. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Taj, you know, ended up with decent numbers, but the first half he had bad hands. Man, he missed the yeah. layup, he missed a couple. He just it was just one of those nights where the ball kept going through his hands. But I was saying this to you today. Teague has been an upgrade. You know, people don't good. want to admit that, but Teague's been good. He's been good. He's had he a was couple. really good last night. He occasionally has some clunkers. Yep. He was actually trying to play defense for a while last night. Yeah. He was pretty bad in Philadelphia, but yeah. for the most part, he's yeah. been good. Yeah. Gibson's better player than I ever thought he was. Mm-hmm. He's playing. He's having the best year of his career. 38 minutes a night. And Butler, when he was healthy, was, you know, terrific. 
So those upgrades have worked, but they still <laughs> they still own. They still drive you nuts. Yeah, because the the one of the young cornerstone players or one of the guys that's supposed to be a cornerstone player for you is. He's Last just, night he's was another one of those. Uh, you know, he was involved too. It wasn't like the Wiggins was taking the night off. It was right. just, but he just not no shot. Couldn't make made the one three, but couldn't make any shots. And then in the fourth quarter, it was absolute panic. It was yeah. like they didn't know what get, to do. We got to get that, we got to get a basket right now. And that Pat is on the head coach mm-hmm. for just like that. You can clearly see. You're halfway through the fourth quarter. They've scored like five points at at that point in the quarter. You can clearly see they're lost. You've gotta you've gotta find a way to get them back on the same page. If they're panicking, you've gotta as, as the head coach, you've gotta find a way to get them to stop panicking. And maybe like that's your job. Maybe call timeout and calm them down instead of bark. But but the thing of it is though, they had burned he had burned through most mm, of his timeouts yeah. throughout the game because they were. They were just lifeless for the first. You know. I, I heard. I heard everybody saying lifeless. I guess I didn't interpret it that way. It was just well, defensively. They, you know what I was thinking today, uh, Tibbs. Remember his preseason the the press conference he gave, basically the day before the opener at the practice facility about, mm-hmm. and he mentioned put, you have to get your four, foot forward on the closeout. Remember that. Yeah. He mentioned that like 15 times. That was, uh, you know, he he was fixated with getting the front foot forward on the uh, on a closeout. On a closeout. Yep. Well, it's now the end of March, and <laughs> we not only they not only didn't get their front foot clo- out on a f- closeout, they didn't get their back foot out. There were no closeouts. Yeah. On and the I, three, they let those guys shoot threes, and they made them. They made 15 out of 31. Seeing the problem too, and this is why a team like Houston is just. Kicks their rear oh, end they every time no they play him because well, I don't I don't know if Tibbs's defense is, he, I mean he he's got to adjust his defense from what it was in Chicago to what it is in the NBA now because everybody's shooting threes. Yes, and if your well, defense is not well, set up to why defend didn't Memphis three, beat them? Memphis made twenty seven more points on threes. Yeah, they were what? What was it? Fifteen to fifteen to thirty one, and yeah. the and the Timberwolves were six out of eighteen. So if you just look at that, it's no big shock they got beat. Right, that's twenty-seven points. And you look at all their games when they get beat, it's because another team hits well, when, sixteen threes and they hit. Oh, well, and Orlando beat them down there, right? Yeah, and that was the big thing. Well, oh, the the Brooklyn. The, well, what was the Brooklyn game? Was it the where, Brooklyn game? One of Brooklyn those games game where, where Brooklyn made well, they made four threes and Brooklyn made twenty. It, no, I, I remember it. it was the Wolves made one three in the game. Yes, but Brooklyn made more threes than the Wolves attempted. Yes, Brooklyn made but, like. 13 threes, and the Wolves had attempted 11. So how you lose to a bad team. Now, and, and the answer isn't these guys shoot more threes. The answer is preventing that team from making threes. Right. And, and uh, I don't know if his defense is... Maybe it's not. I don't not know if his defense is equipped to defend threes, but he's got to make... I mean, he's got to make the necessary adjustments so that they can defend threes. Otherwise, it's going to be like this every time they take the floor. I, uh, I do think that... I. I wrote a column, which now has got to be a blog. I think it's already posted because the Motsko got hired. I got to rewrite. But uh, I think at this moment, the most unpopular sports figure in the Twin Cities is Tom Thibodeau. Yes. 
One hundred percent agree. Yeah. I mean, after last night, yep. especially, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, fourteen hundred and three losses. This is right this is in the top three. <laughs> this is in the top three of bad losses. What would you in say the is the worst season. one? I think the one before Flip got fired when Phoenix got 140 or something on oh, him and yeah. beat him by... That was Nash and yeah, Stoudemire. Yeah. I mean, they just shot layups for like four quarters. Mike D'Antoni, man. Is that, was the one the the great, that was the one <laughs> that was the one the great Bob Davis, you know, the the morning host here was morning host and political guy and didn't know basketball from hockey and some gal took him as a date to the game and that's the one he went to and he said... Mm-hmm. He, Said I kept looking up, wondering if that scoreboard was broke. <laughs> it was broken. He didn't know. So yeah, this is a, it. Was awful. It was awful. I don't buy the toughness thing. I mean, I don't think it was toughness. I think it's it was just, the, well. Defense isn't toughness. Defense is just playing defense. Well, and the, you know he's got a look. Tom Thibodeau knows more about basketball than I would even dream to imagine knowing, but. He's got to, in these post-game press conferences, he's got to find something other than toughness and we got to play for 48 minutes. Yeah, and, I yeah. mean, he's got well, to, he never does it. You know, Gasol was a problem for us. Okay, why? <laughs> why was he a problem? Well, he was a problem because you let him shoot uh, you let him shoot threes and he was making them and then you couldn't guard him inside. So yeah. uh, When you have to have Taj Gibson try to guard him because Towns and Jing can't, yep. uh, that's a problem. That is a problem. We'll be back. Here's John Hyatt with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Demand for top talent is at an all-time high. Account Temps can help you find highly skilled temporary accounting and finance professionals who fit your needs and hit the ground running. Account Temps, a Robert Half company. Uh, the Gophers have their new hockey coach. St. Cloud State coach Bob Motzko will take over the spot Don Lucia stepped away from last week. Motzko, of course, served as a Gopher assistant coach under Lucia, helping Minnesota win NCAA championships in 2002 and 2003. Twins playing the Washington Nationals this afternoon in their last exhibition game. It's one to nothing Washington after five. Uh, Twins only have two hits through five innings, both of those from leadoff hitter Brian Dozier. Jose Barrios, uh, he pitched well in the start. Three innings, no hits, gave up no runs, and struck out three. Uh, the season opens with everybody on Thursday. The Twins will head First to... time ever. Every major league team opening yeah. on the same day. Hmm. Twins will head to Baltimore after this game for their regular season opener Thursday against the Orioles. Uh, they'll need to make a roster move after this game. Uh, on that note, by the way, manager Paul Molitor said before the game, Phil Hughes will start the season on the disabled list with that strained oblique. So that means Tyler Kinley and Gabriel Moya should both make the big league squad uh, for now, at least. But they still have that outfield decision to make after the ball game. Other yeah, t- they'll keep granite because they, they protect those roster spots like yeah. crazy men. Other Twins notes, they've announced that Kenny Vargas has been outrighted to AAA after clearing waivers. Uh, Vargas, of course, uh, if you missed it over the weekend, was reclaimed from the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati organization had snagged him off waivers and tried to stash him on the farm and off the 40-man roster. Didn't work. The Twins claiming him. Uh, Kenny, by the way, if you're wondering, did not have a chance of refusing this assignment by the Twins today. Uh, Twins also have released several minor leaguers, including former first-round pick Levi Michael. Finally. Yeah. 
kind of dragged on a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about seven years. Yeah. Uh, one other baseball note uh, about a veteran the Mariners have agreed to a minor league deal with, Jason Worth. Potential salary terms are not yet known. Worth will open his time with the Seattle organization in ex- uh, extended spring training and uh, then likely report to AAA Tacoma. 38-year-old, 15-season MLB veteran uh, did not find a lot of interest on the free agent. He, got, a, he got himself quite a contract. Was that 125 uh, or something like uh, that from, from the, the Nationals? That's something ungodly. Mm-hmm. Wild in action tonight. They're on the road in Nashville where they will play the Predators. Wild center Matt Cullen has been nominated for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy by local hockey writers. That trophy given each year to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. It didn't take long for former golfer coach Tubby Smith to get back into the college coaching ranks. He's agreed to take over as head men's basketball coach at High Point University in North Carolina. Smith played for High Point from 1969 to 73. He was, of course, fired two weeks ago by Memphis. Why do I know who the greatest player ever at High Point was? I don't know. Because the NAIA All-Stars were at St. Cloud State in 1967 before the Pat Am games. Earl the Pearl Monroe. Uh, Al, where's the fuck? Uh, where's the fire? Tucker. And I almost said fire. Don't, don't, Tucker. don't. We hit the button. We hit the button. <laughs> we're, Al, we're covered. Al, where's the fire? Tucker. That's what you that's, should have that's said. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And Gene Where's Little. the bleeping fire? And, uh, uh, Henry Logan. He was at East Carolina, wow. I think. He was a great player. And Gene Littles from High Point. I know Earl Gene Monroe. Littles that's was that's, fantastic. That's the only guy I know of what you just named is Earl Monroe. And I didn't know Al at all So before in this conversation. The, uh, there were some brothers on that team, more than we had in the... At St. Cloud State back in those days, and, <laughs> and they were they were just they were going to have a little game with the Huskies, the, oh, Saint, the Huskies, yeah. a little pickup game in April, and uh, they, they were laying up before the game, and then they started dunking, <laughs> and Al went up and put the ball on the rim and knocked it in with his nose, and that kind wow. of put that kind of put the end of the dunking contest. Holy cow. <laughs> but the 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 rubes from Stearns County were going crazy, man. They uh, that was the highlight of this year, right there. Highlight of my year so far is seeing the very mellow and laid back Manny hit the jump button. on that button. Yeah, Manny, I you've got our back, dude. I don't. Yeah. When what happens when fire and Tucker <laughs> get put the together? The hasn't been fully built without yet. a Careful, proper please. without a proper pause in between. Well, that's it. What, what could happen? <laughs> We've all been what, there, my friend. What could what, happen? What could possibly I don't wrong. mock because of the whole karma thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that could have yeah. been me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm we, shocked it hasn't been more than it has. <laughs> That's probably only 15, 20 times in my long and meritorious... <laughs> Career. You've been in radio a long time, so that's not bad. <laughs> well, I mean, once a year, yeah, yeah, twenty you know. times. How, how long do you think Tubby's going to coach at High Point? Who knows? <laughs> he can't he, stay away, though. He just can't. Let, well, but they owe nine million. Memphis owes him nine million, so he might as well oh, do so it. So he's doing this for fun. Yeah, that's where he played high school ball, uh, college ball, alma mater. And mm-hmm. there have to be like. Zero expectations. Oh yeah, there. yeah. They stink in the Big South, which is a bad league. <laughs> Manny, you're the biggest basketball nerd I know. Can you give me just one fun fact about High Point? Anything like Royce just did? <laughs> I think Royce gave all the good mm-hmm. ones. That's, that's Smith played there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which we just learned. I, I, yeah, exactly. You know, I had no Kenny, idea. 
Uh, we hate to take all your time here, but you know no, why his nickname is Tubby, don't you? No, I've never. Because 18 siblings. There was 18 of them. Goodness. In the family. Wow. And they would, like, run a bath. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And, like, six of them one day, six of them the next, and Tubby yeah. was like the little kid, and he'd never get out of the tub. And all his siblings, <laughs> all his siblings started calling him Tubby. Make room, Tubby. Yeah. <laughs> That's, huh. They wouldn't get out of the Tubby. That's where the name, so he's had that name since childhood. Because his real name is what, like or, uh, Otis, or it's something with an O, isn't it? Yeah, it is, or I can't remember. Orlando, maybe? Orlando, Orlando. That's Orlando. Orlando, Orlando okay. yeah. Orlando Smith. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. Now on the ride with Royce. Time for a quick check on traffic conditions. Traffic and weather. Traffic and weather together. together. Bleep! No, just kidding. Uh, The NFL is holding owners meetings down in Orlando uh, right now. And uh, apparently uh, the coaches are doing little seminars down there, even at the owners meetings. I've seen a bunch of quotes from various coaches today. And uh, the mo- once again, the most interesting man down there has been Mike Zimmer, just <laughs> like course. he was at the Combine. And his most interesting quote today was on Teddy Bridgewater and basically said that uh, Teddy's recovery from his August 2016 knee injury hadn't yet uh, answered questions about his uh, long-term uh, health. The reports I'd get back from the medical people weren't as positive as I was about it, meaning Teddy's recovery, Zimmer told the media at, uh, at the uh, owner's media session. That's kind of how it came down, is that his knee wasn't as, he still has reco- some recovery to do. When I watched him in practice, he moved well. I didn't see limitations, but from what, from what I'm told, there was some, uh, and uh, uh and you, you and I were talking earlier, and uh, Zim liked the guy so well. Yeah, he wanted to see that there was no problem. But I wonder if it was just his heart telling him that Teddy looks good yeah. in practice. And we all, and we all seeing. were trying to figure out why, when they got to the playoffs, they stopped having Teddy as the backup and put and Bradford they put Bradford back in there. And it must have been. Must have been a decision, a medical decision that they made or something. I, I don't know what it was. Anyway, Bridgewater has uh, gone on to the New York Jets where he doesn't really have much guaranteed money, right? I, saw I think it's like only like five million. Or, or five million was guaranteed. I, think, I thought it was less than that. Was guaranteed. It? They can get out of it. Uh, or is it like five, maybe five million is like the base and there's like incentives yeah, there's, that can make it bigger if he like plays that. more and well, all that stuff. Well, anyway. Uh, that was interesting, and of course, the big thing uh, at the meetings was they have, uh, by a unanimous vote, changed the catch rule, and I think we can all endorse that. Yes, one hundred percent. In fact, Seifert's down there, and he's be, kind of become the uh, the go to guy on ESPN for rules, and he's down there writing about it. But uh, basically, if you catch the ball and they now are defining a step as a football move. Okay, okay, you catch the ball, you secure the ball, you take a couple of strides, it's a touchdown, even if you go to the ground, right? Yeah. Or if you dive across the end zone and the ball comes loose, it sounds like if the ball comes loose like it does for a runner after you're over the line, it's a touchdown. So in other words, 
the touchdown for the Steelers. Jesse James. Jesse James would have been a touchdown. The Des Bryant thing would have been a touchdown. Uh, they're they're trying to. Calvin Johnson would have been a yes, touchdown. They're trying to now. make what looks like a touchdown a touchdown with yeah. the new rules. So uh, uh, applaud for that. The other thing is the New York the people in New York watching replay on uh, helmet to helmets will be able to uh, order the ejection of uh, somebody. So they're sort even of implementing the, official, the, the targeting rule, like like what they do yeah, in college football college now. Football. Okay. And even if the uh, referee has decided when he looked at when he looked at something that he's not going to eject eject him, uh, the guys in New York who will be running it will have the power. Like the hit that they hated was the one on Gronkowski, the one on the Gronkowski. Oh, in, in the, the in AFC the play, championship in, game, yeah, in the AFC championship game. Couple others like that too this year. Who? Well, the guy that got lit up for the uh, Packers the twice, right? Randall wasn't it, didn't Randall Cobb? Oh um, no, not Randall Cobb. Um, oh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, Adams, Adams yeah. a couple of times, and neither of those guys got ejected. Danny Trevathan was the one yeah, from the Bears yeah. that lit and, him up. And yeah. they are uh, they are uh, now seizing the power to uh, to do that. So I wonder about the one them. in the Super Bowl too, where um, was it? Uh, was it Brandon Cooks for the Patriots? Who was oh, it that yeah, got knocked right out of the, the Super Bowl? Yeah, he yeah. would have gotten, that guy would have probably gotten ejected. Oh, yeah, should have gotten yeah. ejected, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cooks, uh, that was early, too, right? First, second, I think first or his, second quarter, yeah. I think it was his first catch, wasn't it? First I think or so. second catch, anyway. Yeah, that's I, uh, I cannot argue with that. It drives me crazy in college football because they always err on the side of throwing a guy out of the game. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not helmet to helmet, even if it's high, but uh, you know, the helmet to helmet hits, throw them out. You know, I I, I agree yeah. with those. And uh, guys got to learn how to. They got to. They got to. I mean, it's easy for me to say it, but because I don't play football, but these guys have got to learn to tackle better. I mean, and, you can't just you can't just be you know. I mean, with the way. They're looking at concussions and everything now. You can't just be out there just spearing guys and just throwing your head at at, at somebody well, else's head. Well, high schools just... everywhere and in some colleges, uh, you know, Division three colleges and the like. And I suppose some of the big time colleges are trying to uh, teach the pull down version of of tackling instead mm-hmm. of the, you know the keep your helmet out of it completely. I think high schools have tried to. High schools basically have to do it for the game to survive at that level. Yeah. They got to convince because parents mom, are. They got to convince mom and dad that that it's safe enough that the kid is not going to be running into people and he's, you know, because the guy hitting the guy with the helmet is just as much a danger as the guy taking the hit, right? Yeah, my if sisters, my sisters got a fifteen-year-old and a ten-year-old boys, and she was just like, "No, I want no parts of them playing football because mm-hmm. you know it's just." It's just that's just the mindset that a lot of people have now. They're just scared to have their kids play football because of concussions and the long term effects of them. Well, they got to, uh, and they get, you know they got to get the helmet out of tackling, and and they're doing that at a lot of high schools. But the NFL still got the macho idiots who uh, come up and uh, throw their helmet into a guy and get away with it. Which uh, uh, hopefully they're going to. Uh, it sounds like two good rule changes by the NFL. I hate to admit they did something right, but it <laughs> sounds like they did. All right, we'll be back this day in history.
Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. Everyone's talking about the new sex drug Viagra. Fox 5 cuts through the hype about this high-priced manly miracle pill. Watch the truth about Viagra on the 10 o'clock news tonight. <laughs> yes, on this day in 1998, the Food and Drug Administration approved the use of the drug Viagra, an oral medication that treats impotence. Uh, uh, okay, this is bad. Sildenafil, S-I-L-D-E-N-I-F-I-L, the chemical name for Viagra, is an artificial compound that was originally synthesized and studied to treat hypertension and, uh, and, and cardiovascular disease. Chemists at the Pfizer Pharmaceutical Company found, however, that while the drug had little effect on angina, it could induce penal erections, typically lasting thirty to sixty minutes. So when you're, I didn't, I didn't know that they were trying to treat heart disease and found out they gave the hey, this near, does this and what? They as damn well. killed the guy because they got him aroused for God's sake. So <laughs> oh God. seeing the economic opportunity in such a biochemical effect, Pfizer uh, decided the market uh, to market the drug for impotence. And uh, let's face it. The uh, we probably wouldn't have as much golf on TV if it wasn't for Viagra, right? If if this hadn't worked, if Pfizer hadn't found out that uh, this could work for uh, to get, uh, get man, uh, man in an angry state, uh, that uh, we wouldn't have as much golf. Cialis and uh, Viagra and oh, all those goodness. others uh, have, uh, uh, you know. Have certainly made it uh, made it uh, easier to sell ads on golf. That's for sure. Remember the Bob Dole ads? Those were uh, those yeah. Were, he was the he was the guy that really got it uh, got it rolling. Viagra. So on this day, March twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight, twenty F- years, FDA approved Viagra. Uh, so yeah, God love him. God love Pfizer. I haven't uh, practiced the art of Viagra yet, but what the hell? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen one of these days?